This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, one from California and one from Massachusetts, squaring off on legal news and legal observations. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today to Lawyer to Lawyer. I'm Craig Williams from sunny Southern California. And this is Bob Ambrogi from... Massachusetts. And, and Craig, how long have we been doing this show? Uh, almost three years, I think. And, and this is one, of the, seems first, like it, one of the first times I can say it's actually sunny in Massachusetts today. So that's a good thing. But uh, I write a blog called Law Sites, another blog called Media Law, and uh, also contribute to Legal Blog Watch on law.com. Craig? And I write a blog called May It Please the Court, and Bob, that whole reason that you can't say it's sunny in Massachusetts is the reason I no longer live there. I know it. You fled Massachusetts long ago. You're a smart man. We're going to be talking about YouTube today, Bob. It's been a huge part of getting the message out for a lot of people, from this week's Democratic debate to advertising law firms and state-of-the-art blenders. YouTube has been a huge marketing tool used by many. So today we're going to talk uh, about the uh, vitality of YouTube, the viability of YouTube as a, as a business uh, and marketing tool and how lawyers and law firms are using this to one-up the competition and uh, how they're uh, dealing with, with the, the popularity of, uh, of social networking tools and, and uh, video technology. I'd like to work on our first guest, Neil Squante. Neil's the publisher of TechnoLawyer, which operates a critically acclaimed network of free email newsletters for lawyers and law office administrators. TechnoLawyer also publishes Blog World with TechnoLawyer Problem Solution Guide, a popular annual ebook which is about ready to come out. Neil also serves as creative director of Landing Page Interactive, an online advertising agency. Over the last year, Neil has critiqued many online videos created by law firms, and of course, Neil is a lawyer. Welcome to the show, Neil. Nice to be here. Thank you. Also joining us today is Kevin O'Keefe. Kevin is the president and founder of LexBlog, the leading provider of marketing blogs for lawyers and other professional service firms. Uh, Kevin was a trial lawyer for 17 years and then successfully marketed his own law firm on the Internet. He founded, uh, you founded Prairie Law, is that right, Kevin? That's correct. And, uh, uh, and a very successful website that ran for many years and uh, was eventually sold to LexisNexis. And uh, while practicing law, he served as a sustaining member of the uh, former Association of Trial Lawyers of America, now known as the American Association for Justice, and uh, was a board member of the State Trial Lawyers Association. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you for having me. And our next guest is Kelly Chang. She's the founder of the Law Office of Kelly Chang, a professional law corporation specializing in divorce and family law out of L.A., an attorney and mediator. Uh, Kelly's practice focuses on issues such as divorce, annulment, spousal support, and child support. In her spare time, which doesn't seem like she could have much spare time given her biography, she does uh, pro bono legal work at the Legal Grind and Harriet Buhai. She's used YouTube as a marketing tool for her solo practice. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me today. Neil, let me just uh, kick things off with you and ask, uh, you know, this week uh, some say are saying YouTube kind of went mainstream by uh, co-hosting the, the Democratic debate. Uh, has YouTube gone mainstream within the legal profession, and, and what, do you, what do you make of this? Well, yes and no. I think YouTube has gone mainstream in the legal profession in that a lot of lawyers watch YouTube just like everyone else. 
but I don't think it's gone mainstream uh, in with regard to law, uh, law firms and lawyers using YouTube to a great extent yet, although each week there are more and more legal videos on YouTube. Uh, video is a difficult medium, so even though YouTube is free with regard to uploading your video, you still have to go through the process of creating a video, which is not always cheap and not always easy for every law firm. Well, Kelly, you've uh, you've done this. What what do you say about that? Well, I agree. I think lawyers are just very, very busy people in general, so it's very hard to take time away to make a video and then go through the efforts of uploading it. In addition, I find a lot of law firms are just simply not very techno-savvy. So um, in regards to that, I just don't think YouTube is very mainstream in the legal world. Um, however, it's very mainstream in the client world, so I think it's a good way to market Basically, using it as a tool has put me a step ahead of, I think, most lawyers in my business. Well, Neil, you're certainly on the cutting edge of technology. What are your thoughts on, on YouTube being uh, the future of lawyer advertising? Actually, in many ways, I think it could be the future of uh, lawyer advertising. And uh, what you see so far is not surprising. Just as um, the law firms that have typically advertised on television using video, of course, or the personal injury firms catering to consumers, those were really the first uh, firms that you started seeing on YouTube. Um, you know, law firms that cater to consumers, and of course, YouTube has a huge consumer base. So that makes perfect sense. What we're starting to see, what I've started to see over the last year, are uh, other law firms using YouTube. Not to a great extent yet, as I mentioned, but slowly but surely. Eventually, I'd like to see the day when uh, even law firms that serve corporations, cor Fortune 500 companies, and so forth, are regularly uploading YouTube videos. We're not quite there yet, but we're starting to see some of that. Kevin, let's bring you into this and just ask, uh, is, is LexBlog soon going to become LexTube? Is, what do you see as uh, the relation of uh, a video to, to the blogs that you help create and the whole blogging phenomenon? I think what you know, Google bought YouTube for was, one, the community of people that were uploading uh, content but also the possibility that YouTube could become the AP of video. And so if you extend that out, <clears throat> it gives the ability for citizen journalists and uh, I wouldn't call them amateur reporters, but reporters that have domain expertise on the subject to have the ease of use in shooting video on cameras that used to cost fifteen to $20,000 that now cost $1,000 and to upload video from anywhere in the world. Now extend that out further and to say that a lawyer with domain expertise on a subject, so it wouldn't be advertising per se, what you'd be doing is interjecting yourself into the reporting of legal news and the domain expertise. And as you report, you're going to put yourself in a position where you have that expertise. And so I could see YouTube being a place where these videos are, are stored. Um, um, I think as there's always going to be that place where people are going to run ads per se, but I think the greater opportunity for a thing like YouTube is to realize that it can be a body of information. And if you extend that out further and you, you say that um, perhaps television won't be coming to you in the same way that it's being done today, it'll be coming to you on, a, on something that looks the same, but it will be a blend of, of uh, the computer and TV. Who's to say that a report that a lawyer prepared on some snippet of biotechnical uh, issue um, wouldn't have been pulled by a reporter that's putting together a news show in some fashion. So I guess I'd look at it a little bit uh, different. And from an easy use standpoint, you know, it's easy to use. Um, you get around the, the expense of having to 
store video at some place and then to pay the expense of having the access to it where you'd be charged for the number of people and the popularity of that feed. Do you see YouTube more as a advertising or more as a news reporting, kind of like blogs? Well, I, I think that you know I would distinguish between advertising per se, where you're, you're basically your purported reason is to call me. Um, you know, here's my ad, here's my telephone number. I put myself in a certain type of position and branding myself. I see YouTube as the ability to interject in the ongoing disc- discourse that may be taking place, and that just like your blog may be quoted your video may be referenced and used in other places. And so if you make your video available to other people in such a fashion that they're going to use it and to play it, then you're going to get the bang. Nobody's going to borrow your your, your ad and uh, have it played around blogs on the Internet unless you make a fool of yourself on the ad and they think it's funny. Now, on the other hand, if you put up information that would be valuable on a niche subject that you have some expertise on and that you decide to complement your, your written text or your audio like you're doing here with video, which is very attractive. I mean, as, when I tried cases, just to break up the monotony for the jury, I interjected, you know, video witnesses, and you put two TVs on either side of the jury box, and they feel like it's Larry King, and uh, it's a very attractive environment. So if a lawyer wanted to respond on certain issues, to report on certain issues, why not put it up at, at YouTube? So it's it's entering into the into the information that is being by people. And uh, what we're finding is that environments like YouTube, even though they may be created by a younger generation, the technology and the byproduct of that technology, which is creating a community of place for people to share information um, and evaluate that content and rate the content and make it available so people can use it in their places, we have to look ahead and see how that's going to be used in the business world. I I do see that potential. If I could uh, add something to what Kevin just said. Yeah, Neil, go ahead. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, one of the things I think that law firms um, I've, been, I've been writing about and uh, trying to persuade them to realize is, for example, anytime a lawyer from a law firm makes a TV appearance, they should see if they can get permission to put that video up on YouTube. Uh, lots of large law firms especially um, typically hold seminars in which they'll invite corporate counsel. They should record those seminars on videotape and put them up on YouTube. So. I couldn't agree more that the kind of videos that you'd want to start putting up on YouTube are not necessarily ads per se, but uh, informational videos that showcase your uh, talent and expertise in a certain area of law. Of course, they don't want to get in trouble like the law firm that just put up the video in which it was telling clients how to avoid the immigration laws. But uh, Bingo. <laughs> Watch what you put up. But, but Kelly, Kelly, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, uh, I'm, I'm interested in just kind of how you go about this. How do you create this video? How did, did you script it out? Did you hire uh, somebody to help you produce it? Uh, and what led you to the decision to do this in the first place? Okay, well, before I answer that question, I just wanted to add to Kevin and Neil's uh, conversation about advertising. I think in addition to showboating your firm and just having a very interesting video up there to portray your firm. Another thing that they didn't discuss is that having these videos up on YouTube or MySpace or any frequently trafficked website, it actually increases your search results. Um, You know, nowadays it's all about search engine optimization. So you've heard about Google and their strange algorithms. I know that just by having videos on there, if people Google Los Angeles divorce lawyer, my website just comes up more frequently. So I just think that's another way, you know, other than being easily uh, found and seeming interesting to the general public, you just you're you're just out there more. 
You're absolutely right. And they're just yeah. and I was checking yesterday to see if they were getting if the if the description of the video itself was getting indexed at Google and it is. So on so on niche subjects it's going to if you're describing a niche subject that's even you're going to get a link to a to you can potentially get a link to a description of a YouTube video. Yeah, that is a, actually is an important tip. If you're going to go through the trouble creating a video and putting it up on YouTube, make sure in the description you include the URL back to your website so you get that link equity from Google. I'm just, I, I mean, I've watched some of these in which it looks like the lawyer's got a, you know, the webcam on the computer and, and is a talking head. And, and I've seen others such as yours, Kelly, that uh, you know, appear to be more professionally produced. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'm wondering just kind of mechanically, how did you go about getting... Uh, I, don't, I think you only have one video, is that right? There may be others. That yeah, I, I just have yeah. one. That one, one was I mean. done by this company called Custody Match. And they actually found me because in the very beginning I had written a lot of articles and just uh, tried to maximize my search engine optimization. So after they found me, they decided, you know, maybe they can create a video and we would link back and forth. And so that's another reason that more companies are just trying to help each other because the more links you have back to your website, the higher you are. I'm right. probably giving away trade secrets now, but that's, that's oh, I don't how think it that works. this group you're not. No, I don't think so. Kevin's okay. going to be calling you later to get you to do a blog with his company. But I know, uh, right? <laughs> Kelly, can you give us a short how-to uh, a lawyer that is like a solo practitioner or a small firm would go about creating and uploading a, uh, a YouTube video? I just think with anything, you just have to know the right people. It's all about who you know. So, you know, in Los Angeles, I have the fortune of knowing a lot of people that are in the industry and can have contacts to produce these videos. But otherwise, I think if you live elsewhere, you might just have to shell out $5,000 and get a video made. You know, it's, it's an expense, but... You recommend against doing a homemade video? I would, only because, um, you know, consumers are our biggest critics, and... It, <laughs> If you put something out there that's very unprofessional, it might get picked up and sent out, but you, it's not going to bring you a good reputation. But if you put something on there that's informative and it seems like it's nicely done, then it just gives your firm a better reputation. Does this only work for a certain audience of, of potential clients? I mean, you're, you're a family lawyer, Kelly. Uh, uh, does, it, does it matter what area of law you practice in uh, for uh, for there to be a good or good reason or not to uh, to put videos up? You know, I, I actually don't know. I know with family law, all my clients are individuals. Um, as far as insurance companies, I don't know if it would help if your businesses, uh, if your clients are businesses. So probably it wouldn't be as helpful. Yeah. Mueller, Kevin, thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think uh, initially you're seeing most of these videos directed at consumers because YouTube, of course, is a major consumer destination. But, uh, but YouTube is big enough that I do, th I mean, you know, corporations don't look at YouTube. People who work at corporations look at YouTube. So I think there's an opportunity there for corporate law firms as well, for any type of law firm, actually. YouTube doesn't have a big enough audience to support that. I mean, something I've seen, I, I, I just did a, I don't think it's out yet, but my next, the, the column I read for Law Technology News, I was just looking a little bit at how larger law firms are using video as a recruiting tool. 
Uh, and something I've I've seen that's interesting is that some some of the firms that are putting well, firms are putting video up in different ways. Some are still putting these you know sort of old fashioned where you have to click a link and it launches Windows Media Player and and it takes forever and it's really boring. And there are others that are using sort of a YouTube style interface on their incorporated into their websites where. You know, it has the uh, email uh, a link and the, the, the uh, link for embedding the video into a blog or something like that. Uh, and some firms are doing some pretty creative stuff with uh, video uh, as, a, as a not a marketing tool, but as a recruiting tool. And if I'm hearing Kevin right, he's suggesting it might also be a, a PR tool. Well, you're going to find, you know, along those same lines that you've just described, there's an innovative and hip factor uh, that attracts both lateral hires and new recruits. Um, you know, there was a, a lawyer that uh, went to Davis Wright Tremaine because it was very important to him that they were effectively using blogs, and uh, he wasn't going to go to a firm. You know, and we're talking firms with you know five, seven hundred lawyers. He wasn't going to go to a firm that wasn't innovative. Uh, Shepard Mullen uh, uh, uses you know upwards of close to twenty blogs now, uh, so that they are, appear to be very innovative as far as their clients are concerned and as far as the recruits are concerned. And so you get out there and you try new things. You're not necessarily expecting people to hire you because of YouTube. And just like you wouldn't expect that uh, a sophisticated client would reach out to a general practice firm with 1,500 lawyers is going to click to the firm's website and say, that's the lawyer that I want. But there's something about that firm that's attracted you. The fact that somebody would be innovative and try different things uh, that cool factor, if you will, it does bounce for the same reason that some firms experimented with Second Life. Uh, because when Sony's in Second Life um, and other innovative companies are out there in Second Life and Dell's in Second Life, and you happen to be the first law firm that has a large presence in Second Life, that bounce from the fact that you're doing it is, is significant. Well, it's more than that, though, isn't it? I mean, if you look at, if I if I were to just look at Kelly's website and know nothing more about her, that that tells me something about her. But but seeing her, you know, walk and talk and and speak and hear what she has to say in a video uh, adds a, a kind of a more personal dimension that you don't get uh, off a web page or even off a blog, perhaps. Yeah. I don't, know, Kelly. Do you have thoughts on that, too? Um, you know, I've heard different things from my clients. I get a lot of clients who have actually never visited my website. But I do get a lot of clients off the Internet. Like, they will search generically divorce lawyer Los Angeles. And I've gotten great clients that way. And they have told me part of the reason they've retained me is because, you know, my website looks different. And, you know, it's, it's nice when you're going to a family lawyer to actually know what they sound like. And, you know, there's something about seeing the lawyer yeah. before going into a very intimidating office. Has anybody mentioned the video, or is that... Uh, yeah, that I, I get... <laughs> that video has gotten a lot of attention. I mean, from, from clients. Do people walk in the door and say, hey, I saw you on YouTube? Yeah, they do. They do. I, I don't know about the quality of clients that they're bringing in, but it's definitely getting me exposure. Right. And uh, with the search engine optimization, it's getting me up there and found. Kevin or Neil, do you see any application of YouTube for bloggers? Actually, yeah, bloggers uh, use YouTube quite a bit um, because you can have a blog of videos, which some people call a vlog. And, uh, and what a lot of vloggers do is they'll take those videos and also place them on YouTube since, of course, it's free. So why not you know, um, have your videos there as well? Uh, because uh, YouTube people may find your video on YouTube, and you've got a nice description there that links to your blog. And if they like your video, they, uh, they might, you know, uh, click over to your vlog and uh, 
you know, subscribe there with your RSS feed. If I could mention just one thing about what Bob mentioned earlier, he talked about how uh, many law firms now are using more sophisticated technology to uh, showcase their videos. You know, they play in place and so forth, just like the videos on YouTube, and you can email them. That really was YouTube's uh, greatest triumph and why it became so popular, because it was really the first to, um, to showcase videos in that manner. There's actually a, uh, there's actually a lot of free open source software out there, one of which is called VPIP, which we actually use to create our own video player so that we could play videos on place, in place on our, our website. So it's not very expensive to actually set that up. What was that again, VPIP? V-P-I-P, it stands for Video Playing in Place. City search is another medium that's starting to incorporate videos. A lot of people put their businesses on city search, which is more geared towards the local listings. Um, but I noticed recently you go on there and you have the option of making a video and showcasing it right on your website, on their website. All right. So. Well, it's time for us to take a, a short break. When we come back, we'll uh, hear more and get, and get final thoughts from our guests. We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our Practice Center sections. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. Lawyer to Lawyer is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email. If you have a comment or question, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message on the Legal Talk Network listener line at 781-634-8959. We really do listen to the messages and even answer your questions on our next show. Did you know that Legal Talk Network shows are also available as CLE? Visit Law.com's CLE Center at www.clecenter.com. That's clecenter.com to enjoy listening and get CLE credit for your continuing legal education. Check out our Lawyer to Lawyer host blogs, J. Craig Williams' blog at mayhavepleasethecourt.com, likewise Robert Ambrogi's blog at legalline.com for daily legal observations, perspective, and, of course, a healthy dose of humor and wit. A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years' experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams. 
And this is Bob Ambrogi. We'd like to welcome back our guest, Neil Squalante, the publisher of Techno Lawyer, Kevin O'Keefe, the president and founder of Lex Blog, and Kelly Chang, founder of the law offices of Kelly Chang, and uh, a YouTube user. Well, let's take a look at YouTube as a as an overall uh, marketing technique for lawyers. There's been some flubs out there uh, of some of the things that lawyers have done. Uh, actually, not lawyers, perhaps, but more notable flubs of people. What could, should lawyers be doing to avoid attracting uh, negative attention on YouTube? It's funny you mention that. Um, I won't mention the lawyer's name, but one thing that lawyers should definitely not do is show up to court drunk. Uh, there's a there's a very <laughs> famous that. there's a very famous YouTube video of a lawyer who showed up for a very serious case. His client was on trial for kidnapping, and uh, he was a criminal defense attorney. And he showed up um, visibly uh, intoxicated, or at least he looked that way. And over the course of about 20 minutes, the judge grilled him and finally had him take a breathalyzer. All the while, there was a live uh, video feed in the courtroom, and somehow someone got a hold of that feed and uploaded it to YouTube, where it still resides there to this day, Um, and uh, gained nationwide attention. So uh, you should... That's one thing you should definitely avoid is uh, if someone's filming something anywhere, be on your best behavior. I was in court this morning, and the court officer was telling me stories about litigants showing up drunk, but uh, didn't have any about the lawyers (laughs) showing up drunk. I believe he was out of Las Vegas. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, it's it's really just to be smart, and uh, I think the other thing you want to do is, is begin with the end in mind. You know, my guess is as Kelly approached this issue, um, she had ideas as far as she, what she wanted to accomplish um, and did a nice job with it. Um, sometimes lawyers approach this and they go, well, this looks cool, this looks interesting, I'm just going to wing it and we'll see what happens. Uh, that's without any real end in mind is what they want to accomplish. And as you do things as a lawyer, uh, one of the things you want to be conscious of is though other people may be able to look strange and goofy and amateurish like Kelly stayed away from, uh, you are a lawyer. Um, there's a reason why you went to court this morning, Bob, in a, in a tie. Um, and it was you're, that's required. It's required to be done. And, uh, you know, so it, it's because people are placing confidences in us that are very confidential information and they're paying us significant sums of money. They're expecting something to be a little bit different. And so... With that being memorialized for a long time, you may want to do it. Now, maybe if you're out there in the entertainment industry where you're going to be relating to um, a very eclectic and avant-garde group of people, you can let your hair down a little bit more. It's all going to depend on, on what your environment is. What about the, the integrating these videos with MySpace pages or Facebook pages? Uh, in some cases, that seems to go hand-in-hand, hand, that some of the same lawyers who are putting up uh, videos on, on YouTube are also uh, putting up pages on some of the, the more popular social networking sites. Um, does it, is that recommended? Is there a good reason to do that? Uh, and I just kind of throw that out to anybody who cares to answer that. I, I don't think there's any harm uh, necessarily as long as you control you know the the page that you set up. But I think more interesting one thing uh, I, uh, I forgot to mention earlier is that um, although there is uh, software out there that you can use to play videos on your own website, I think it's worth mentioning that if you upload a video to YouTube, YouTube actually gives you a little snippet of code that you can take put on your own blog or put on your website. And it'll automatically play that video on your website without any programming knowledge other than basic HTML. 
so that that is actually a a great feature of YouTube, and like everything else on YouTube, it's free. Kelly, did you did you have something you want to say on that? Yeah, I just I highly recommend putting your web page. Uh, I recommend making a web page on MySpace and Facebook, and linking it back to your own website. Um, a lot of it is about advertising, but I can't stress the importance of search engine optimization. The more sites that you have up that's linked to your website, the more searchable you are. So nowadays, that is the smartest networking tool because MySpace has millions of visitors per day. And um, you know, I would also stress you need to be very professional. I mean, you have to keep in mind who your audience is, and you have to set yourself. Don't put any personal information up on your website. It should just be strictly business and uh, portray yourself that if you look at my video, I don't. I'm wearing a suit, but in many of the scenes, I'm not wearing uh, a suit. There's, you know, so that's kind of my style. Um, it's very important to have a video that showcases your style. If I was a business lawyer, I probably would choose different clothing. You know, and you can see my video. It's it's actually attached to my website. But but your you your personality, Kelly, and who you are as a person. Would even would fit in nicely in a in the you know Facebook community um, where some of the lawyers aren't going to understand Facebook under any of their wildest imagination. They may throw in something that wouldn't set themselves off. So they're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. So there has to be some view as to what's going to be accomplished uh, with that. I think that that it's going to evolve very quickly where, where Facebook is going to. Uh, they're going to same, take that same technology and provide a comfort level for people that may not feel comfortable being there right now. They, yeah, absolutely. Talk. I think somebody said it's the cool factor. You know, you can't, you can't, it's just so underestimated, but attorneys in this society aren't really portrayed in such a manner that, that they're cool. So once you do something to establish your credibility, um, always be good at what you do, first of all, but then Beyond that, you have to surface as somebody unique. You know, in Los Angeles, there's over 250 certified family law specialists. How are you going to set yourself uh, aside from all the rest of your competition? You know, that's how you look at it. Yeah, and my guess is, Kelly, by looking at your video that you've probably been complimented more than once, but with people saying, you know, Gee, you aren't like what I thought the lawyer was going to be, mm-hmm. um, or you, or you know, you're you're explaining things to me in a way that I can understand them. I didn't think lawyers could do that, right? Um, <laughs> and, and that's the highest form of compliment you can really get as a practicing lawyer, where people believe you can relate to them. And if you can do that before they even arrive at your office, which which, which is what it took before, with that image you've created online, that's big. And Absolutely. most lawyers. And most Especially lawyers. for my industry. I don't know what it's like for a business lawyer or a patent lawyer. That might be different. But, you know, my clients are just normal people, and they need to be explained in a certain way. Uh, they, You know, they need things explained to them in a certain way. Kevin, a while ago you mentioned uh, Second Life, and I know the show is about YouTube, but for the benefit of our listeners, can you give a brief explanation of Second Life so that um, it integrates into YouTube? Uh, Second Life is very much a virtual second community in which there's actually been an exchange of commerce that's going on where people actually buy a currency for real money and do begin to exchange it. Now, in the case of the consumer product companies, whether it's been Sony or Dell or that type of thing, they actually build stores in which commerce can can take place. Where it's all going to play out, I don't know. Um, To me, you know, I'm 
things look very foreign to me. I'm not as prejudiced as I used to be that these things are flaky. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not in Second Life. I've been interviewed by a number of reporters as to law firms, whether they've thought about it or not. Um, I don't know that I would try to be spending my time figuring out how Second Life works. And that's partly because of the traction that other things are getting. I mean, right now, you know, the owner of... Uh, uh, MySpace is trying to figure out why everybody's talking about Facebook. You know, if I was a, if I was a lawyer, I'd be looking more at not what Facebook looks like today, but what is going on here, so that I can start to be familiar with how this networking is starting to play take place online or YouTube. You know, which uh, you know has more traction, or blogging, which has more traction, or the aggregation and syndication of content, which may have greater traction. Because even doing those things, you're still very much on the cutting edge as far as lawyers are concerned and being innovative. You don't have to go out to the bleeding edge uh, where Second Life is and brag that you've been out there uh, because you may just be a little bit you know, far. You're always going to hear about those things because those people that have got bored with blogs and got bored with YouTube and got bored with Facebook, you know, they're off to Second Life and Twitter and whatnot where it just gets a little bit out there on the edge, but there's always going to be those people that are going to be out there tinkering there. Well, it's time for us to wrap up our program and get your final thoughts and also get your uh, contact information so our listeners can reach you and uh, give you a chance to plug uh, your businesses. So let's start with Kelly. Um, Can you wrap it up for us? Give us your final thoughts and your contact information along with where we can find your uh, video on YouTube. Yes, absolutely. Again, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I wanted to give you my thoughts about Internet in YouTube, I think it is the wave of the future. Um, it's very important to keep with the cutting edge. Uh, like he said, you, I don't, might not have a Second Life account, but I know what it is. And knowing what it is puts you way in the top 1% of your competition. So, you know, continue to do that. You can find me on the web. My website is www.purposedrivenlawyers.com. And on the website, you can find links to other Internet marketing gigs I've done. And I specialize in divorce and family law. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Neil? Uh, I'd like to echo what Kelly said earlier. And if you are going to delve into online video, um, I think it pays to hire a professional to help you. And that might just be a film school graduate who uh, knows how to edit, direct, and put together a storyboard. And uh, also, if you want to take a look at a couple of interesting uh, uh, law firm videos that I think are done quite well, definitely look at Kelly's. And also take a look at Allison Margolin. She is another L.A. attorney, uh, and also take a look at a law firm called Levin Papantonio, and uh, they're a law firm that does personal injury, um, and you can just search for those names on YouTube. And uh, you can find me at technolawyer.com. Oh, and we have a collection of, well, we actually collect a lot of these videos on our blog at Technolawyer. Do you want to plug your upcoming ebook? Sure. On Monday, July 30th, go to blogworld.com, that's B-L-A-W-G, WRRLD.com for uh, what a terrific ebook in which uh, Craig Williams actually has an essay. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And finally, Kevin. I think uh, what Kelly's done is great, and I think that lawyers should uh, get out there and even do, all you got to do is go to YouTube and just do a search for Kelly, uh, lawyer, and her video will be right at the top um, to start to get a feel for the type of things you, you can do. I think it's very innovative. Uh, and it's a real learning experience for how lawyers can break those barriers down between themselves and real people with real issues, um, which good lawyers ought to be thinking about all the time because that's why 
you know, we grew up to become lawyers and spend our time, you know, seven years of school. Um, if anybody needs to reach me, they can always reach us through the corporate site, LexBlog, L-E-X-B-L-O-G dot com, in which there's also a link uh, to my environment, uh, Kevin's blog. Well, that does it for Lawyer to Lawyer today. We would like to thank our guest, Neil Squalante, publisher of Techno Lawyer, Kevin O'Keefe, president and founder of LexBlog, and, of course, Kelly Chang, founder of the law offices of Kelly Chang in Hollywood, California, and a YouTube user. Thank you to all of you for being on the program today. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Neil and Kevin. And, Craig, you and I will talk again next week, and I look forward to doing that. I do, and perhaps sometime we should talk about figuring out how to get Lawyer to Lawyer on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. His video. We'll need a camera. We will. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with Robert Ambrogi and J. Craig Williams. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.